This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to This is A Voice Season 6, Episode 12. The podcast where we get vocal about voice. I'm Jeremy Fisher. And I'm Dr. Gillian Kayes. And we're back with Pitch Contours. We said we were going to do the second half of Exercise 26 on page 84 from This Is A Voice, the book. Mm. And this is all about what's your pitch pattern. Had a fantastic session last time. If you haven't heard it, please go, because Mm. a lot of this will make sense. Um, But we're going to start with the second half of this exercise. You're looking at me, you know, in a very pointed way. Okay. (laughs) It's all about feeding the dog. It is indeed. So we're going to read out the instructions and uh, then do the exercise. So here we go. Next, you're going to explore some different pitch patterns with the phrase feed the dog. Everything we say has a context. You know, for me, context is everything. Therefore, you're going to explore how your pitch pattern changes in relation to different contexts. Number one, feed the dog. I forgot to do it this morning. Feed the dog. Number two, feed the dog. That's the third time I asked you this morning. Feed the dog. Number three, feed the dog. He looks hungry to me. Feed the dog. Okay, and interestingly in the book, we have given you a little shape to play with. So they are approximately what we think you might do. Gillian just did a different one, which is fascinating. So let me try, uh, you read me the instructions and I will do what we've You'll said. You'll do on, it right. We, it's, not, it's not about doing it right. <laughs> There's no right way of doing this. It's about doing, doing what, what we drew. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so, okay. um, um, so part oh. one, feed the dog. I forgot to do it this morning. Feed the dog. Feed the dog. That's the third time I've asked you this morning. Feed the dog. Feed the dog. He looks hungry to me. Feed the dog. (laughs) So interesting that it's exactly the same words, but I'm using different timing. I'm using different tempo. Mm. I'm using uh, uh, obviously different pitch patterns, but also elongating, different intonation. Mm. And it produces completely different meanings. And do check out the book if you've got it, because there's a super little kind of cartoon It's a thing cartoon of a dog. made very, out. very, very cute. And we're going to hold it up to the YouTube thing. It's a cartoon made out of letters. Mm. It's really, really great. Our illustrator was so good for so this book. Good. Um, so uh, just let me read you the last paragraph. Notice mm. how you adjust your pitch pattern according to the contrasting intentions. Mm. Throughout the day, be aware of the pitch patterns you use to communicate. You can experiment with exaggerated or subtle changes. Or if you habitually use wide and varied pitch patterns, investigate narrow or repeated pitch patterns. I'm going to read that again, and I'm going to change all my pitch patterns. Go on then. Just so that you can hear it. Notice how you adjust your pitch pattern according to the contrasting intentions. Throughout the day, be aware of the pitch patterns you communicate. You can experiment with exaggerated or subtle changes. Or if you habitually use wide and varied pitch patterns... Investigate narrow or repeated pitch patterns. <laughs> it's actually like singing. It is so fascinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is like, it's like contemporary classical music where you sort of just make it up. Um, and can I just say, you know, for people who might be um, using this exercise in different situations with people who aren't used to singing, mm. just getting them to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
Mm, with different intentions. Yes. Because it's, it's kind of so natural to people to do that, that sound of agreement. That can be very helpful to just get them to tune in. And I think people are, are, are quite often unaware mm. of the patterns that they use mm-hmm. uh, until you bring their awareness to them. And then they become very aware of them. And uh, there are a few patterns that are <laughs> considered irritating, which is quite fascinating. Depending on your cultural yeah, yes, influences. Yes, I mean, there's nothing necessarily good or bad about it. Mm. Um, but the upward inflection at the ends of sentences... It's one of the reasons why people might want to do work on their spoken voice oh. because of the they're not having the impact that they would like within their community. Uh, for those of you who haven't come across the upward inflection before, and we do talk about this in the book, mm. um, anything you say has a pitch pattern rather than like a group of notes in music that you speak for each phrase. If you use the same pattern repeatedly, it will sound monotonous. So the flick up in pitch at the end of each phrase or each sentence. There's been a lot of um, academic research into this, which is quite interesting. And then there's a sort of opposite version, which is really prevalent at the moment. Mm. Anything you say has a pitch pattern, rather like a group of notes in music, that you speak on for each phrase. If you use the same pattern repeatedly, it will sound monotonous. So people just dropping into Creek all the time. Very interesting. And honestly, it's really not about whether a pattern itself is irritating. Often it's whether it's repeated and therefore it loses its emotional meaning because it's just there all the time. I think you're right that people aren't always absorbing the meaning because you get the repeated. Yes. Which is just what you said. It is just what I said, yeah. Yeah. I was listening. listening. I was kind of listening. (laughs) At the same time as trying to clear my throat very quietly. I clearly have to have a more interesting voice. (laughs) Um, We're going to take this exercise a little further and we're going back to the Learning Lounge Webinar 11 Pitch, Pace and Power. This was so fun. This came from a very cool piece of research, which we can mention. We can. This comes from UCL Mm. um, and it was part of their phonetics course and we had permission to use it and we had permission to actually show the diagram uh, and use the this particular exercise on the webinar mm. and that was quite a few years ago now it's all nine years ago mm. I think we've been using lovely this lovely piece of work and what you see I mean what we'll do is we'll make this particular little video in the learning lounge free so I will put the free preview link in so you can just click on the link if you're watching in YouTube or if you're listening on Buzzsprout or if you're listening on any of the the podcast uh, platforms, there'll be a link for you to go and actually see what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think what's nice about this is that, you know, we've been talking about how it's hard for people to process melody and speaking voice, particularly if they don't come from a music background. Mm. They don't have that awareness because you've got visuals here. Mm. It's super helpful. Now, you don't have to read music to be able to see this, but I'm going to no. describe what we're seeing on the screen. Uh, there is a top line and there's a middle line. And you have, and then you, the words are written underneath, and you have little dots. Some of them have tails, some of them don't. Yeah, like little tadpoles. Yeah. So, um, and what you're looking at is where that dot is positioned between the two lines. Mm. So, if it's closer to the top line, it's going to be a higher pitch, and if mm. it's closer to the bottom line, it's going to be a lower pitch. Mm-hmm. 
And the tails tell you whether the, if there's no tail there, then the, the word just stays on that pitch. Mm-hmm. But if there's a tail going downwards, then the pitch slides down during the word and likewise going up. And just for people who aren't used to the word pitch, note yeah. where the note is. If I spoke to you all on the same pitch, it's going to sound like that. If I start to move the pitch up and down a bit, if I, well, that's going up and then that's going down. So now I can do that contour. And it's almost like I'm around a middle line, but I'm going higher and then I'm going lower and then mm. I'm going back to the middle line. Mm. Mm. So um, what is so lovely about this is it's the sentence is no, no, you fool, no, you silly fool. That's the sentence. And they're taking each of those syllables and put them on a dot on this chart. So the first one is called the high fall. You start high and you come down and it goes like this. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Now, I am following exactly the contour that's that's pictured, but it has a particular emotion or it has a particular story that you hear. Mm, mm, so you assign meaning to it. Yeah. Do you want to try it? No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Absolutely. And Gillian is doing exactly the same pitch contour that I'm doing. Because she has a different voice and a different personality, it mm. has a slightly different meaning. And that says to me danger. Yes. Yeah. For God's sake, don't do it. So that's called the high fall. Okay. Now we do the low fall. Most of the words are in exactly the same place. They're close to the bottom line. But the ones that we started high and fell... They are now not close to the top line, they're right in the middle. So the fall will, the general pitch will be lower for them and the fall will be smaller. So it goes like this. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Well, now the musician in me just wants to copy his pitch. (laughs) No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Great. What's so good about this is that because it's not written as music it's not written as rhythm so Gillian and I can do different rhythms on this but we have the same shape can I do the next one first otherwise I'm just going to copy your pitch again yes now the next one we have this is called the low rise so the first note of each phrase no no and no starts very close to the bottom line Uh, there's a little tail up so there's a bit of a slide but then they climb slightly yes okay no no you fool no you silly fool very good so each phrase climbs no no you fool no you silly fool Again, exactly the same wording. I'm doing pretty much the same rhythm, but it has a completely different meaning. Jeremy, can you do that again? Because I'm not hearing the L in fool. No, right. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Actually, really interesting because an L is a pitched consonant, so you can pitch on it. Mm. It's a voiced consonant. And then my, my, the last one is my favourite. This is called the high rise. So all it sounds like a pair of trousers. Yeah, I wear them. <laughs> I hate low rise trousers. Um, I t- just call me Simon Cowell. Uh, okay, so all of the notes now are further up between the, the the two lines. So the the final note of each phrase is almost touching the top line, but the, all the the words in general are higher up. 
Okay, Gillian, you do it first. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. Very good. The reason I love this is because... Body conducting. Is, I love this because this, as far as I'm concerned, is a science fiction programme that you may have seen on television. Mm-hmm. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. That to me sounds just like a Dalek. He I was love channeling that. his inner Dalek. Absolutely love that. So it's very interesting to. I mean, this is this is exactly the same sentence mm. said with high fall, low fall, low rise, and high rise. Mm. I'm just going to do them all in a row so that you can hear the difference in meaning. I'm going to do the same rhythm. I'm going to attempt to do the same volume, although that's tricky. Mm. I'm going to talk about volume in a minute. Mm. And I'm going to do the same speed, but I want you to notice how different the meanings are. Okay? Go on then. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. 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 So fascinating. It's like playing four entirely different characters. And this is the moment to mention that the way the human ear processes sound, we hear the high notes as louder. That's automatic. Yeah. So in a voice science concept is that pitch, which is your note, and volume co-vary. So the higher you go, the louder it will be heard, as the louder it is, actually. Now, as a speaker, as a singer, as a performer, you can override that by deliberately making the high stuff softer and the mm. low stuff louder. Mm. I'm going to do that, the, the low rise and the high rise, but I'm going to go softer on the high rise and see what effect that has. Mm. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. No, no, you fool. No, you silly fool. That's actually quite hard to do. It's very hard. <laughs> but it's really, it still sounds like a Dalek to me, but it sounds like a Dalek in the distance. <laughs> it's very strange. Mm. So I'm having to, to override the human ear, if you like, because mm. if I do it at exactly, if I do it myself at exactly the same volume, mm. everyone around me will hear the, the upper one as being louder. It's one of the reasons why we raise our pitch when we're shouting yes. and when we want to warn people. Yes. It's also one of the reasons why we often raise our pitch when we're excited. Yeah. Which is, for me, is most of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just thinking back to my days at, at music college when, uh, in my last year when I had to present something and we didn't have microphones in those days. You know, microphones hadn't been invented when I was at college. Um, and You exaggerate. <laughs> only slightly. Um it was very interesting that I had some some coaching from the voice person there. And her main thing was speak higher. That was it. There was nothing about projection. It was just speak higher. Because he's a bass. Because I'm a bass and mm-hmm. nobody could hear me. So I ended up sort of talking about this level, which is still within my range, but it's fairly high in my speaking range when you consider where I normally speak. Yeah, and if you spoke like that all the time, you'd get vocally I'd tired. I'd be so tired. Mm. I would be so tired. Uh, And also, I mean, there's a whole load of stuff we could be discussing about how our everyday voice pitch, what we call the habitual voice pitch, will tend to change across age. Yes. And that, in fact, that is mapped much more reliably than biological sex, gender. 
Can, I mean, I'm going to do a huge generalisation here. In general, women's voices go down as they age and men's voices go up as they age. Mm, mm. Huge generalisation, but mainly true. Yeah, well, I mean, it's supported certainly in research literature. There's something else that I'd quite like to talk about because we mention it in passing. I think it's in the book. Mm. If we go to the book, and we're talking about uh, context and intention, when you are having a, an ordinary conversation as we sort of are now. Well, actually, no, let me do this properly. If Gillian and I are going to have a normal conversation, my volume will probably be about that. So I will de-voice slightly. It'll be slightly a leakier sound. It's mm. slightly more intimate. So I don't feel the need to project or do anything. Yeah, and I'd say that often my voice pitch these days, it's it's quite low, sort of down there. Yeah. And I find that that's not very efficient when I'm speaking in this kind of a situation? I mean, this is really interesting because in this kind of a situation, I am I'm also, by the way, we're both wearing headphones, mm. but I am usually projecting a little more than I do normally, mm. even though the camera is less than a metre away, much less than a metre away. But there's something about being on, you know, doing a broadcast that we just raise slightly. And these days I have to warm up my voice to speak at this pitch. Yes. Also, by the way, microphones catch, I mean, as we said a couple of podcasts ago, shit in, shit out. Mm. Uh, my, microphones catch Excuse everything. Me? <laughs> microphones <laughs> catch everything. So if your voice isn't clear, then the microphone will catch that your voice isn't clear. I mean, you've heard both of us, I think, clear our throats very, very slightly, because what we want is a really clear vocal signal mm. so that our intention and our conversation and our meaning comes across to you, the listener, without any interference. Because mm. if you're not watching on YouTube, it's all got to come in through the ear. Absolutely. Now, I'm just thinking about intention and context. If I was to go into a slightly bigger room or if I was conducting a chorus or I was doing a rehearsal... Mm. I have to say that probably what I do is just increase the solidity of the sound I'm doing. I might project a little bit more, but I'm not even sure how this is coming over on the microphone, but it's a little bit more work. And I want to talk about vocal loading. Okay. So what is vocal loading? He's looking at me, everybody. <laughs> I'm suddenly supposed to come out. I mean, I hadn't warned Juliana about this at all. Vocal loading is the measure of how many times your vocal folds come together throughout the day. And there are lots of different ways of measuring this. But if you think about vocal load, you know, if you're not used to thinking of the, the sciencey concept, um, think about something like a repetitive strain injury mm. where your, um, working with the mouse on your computer in exactly the same way over and over again, and suddenly things start to go wrong. Now, what can happen with vocal loading? Can I just say, I'm thinking tennis elbow, and I'm thinking carpet layer's knee. If As you, you do. If you, haven't see, if you haven't heard of carpet layer's knee, it's because basically they use the same knee mm. to knock the edges of the carpet out. So they're, they're basically kneeing into a padded metal bar to uh, stretch the carpet yeah. and that's yeah. it's quite a well-known thing if you're carpet layer mm -hmm. i don't know where i went there <laughs> cool. i know i've just put Julian off completely yeah now. you've also put me on the spot because i'm not quite prepared for um the the, oh, no. the true if, science definition but of that's vocal all right if, if you think about vocal loading anything if you think about vocal fold collision 
Vocal fold collision has two two parts to it, if you like. It mm. has the speed of closure, and, uh, and uh, it, it, no, sorry, let me rewind on that. It has the number of closures per second. So anybody who sings high is going to have a, a higher number of, of um, collisions. And it also has the strength of the collision. So any belters are going to have a higher strength collision. So you're looking at volume. Yes. You're looking at the number of collisions. Yes. And of course, you're looking at how that pans out across the day. Yes. And lots and lots of studies have been done with that. Uh, and so, for example, if we refer again, refer again to fitness trainers, yeah. fitness trainers are often speaking over loud noise. Yep. They should always be working with a microphone, but sometimes they are not. Yep. Therefore, their vocal load will be very high. And quite often, they're doing the exercises along with the class as a motive, as a physical visual motivator. Mm -hmm. So they're also in high oxygen use. And obviously, classroom teachers and lecturers who are working for, you know, five, six hours a day, it's considered that if we are using our voice for work for five hours a day, we are a professional voice user. And that includes if you're doing a series of meetings on Zoom, because mm-hmm. all kinds of vocal loading issues happen. The Zoom voice. Yeah. Who remembers getting tired doing five, six, seven, eight hours on Zoom? Well, my hand is up, although I never did five, six, seven, eight hours. What I found was that when I didn't use headphones yes. was that I was projecting, trying to project across the screen. And I found I was getting tired with um, some of my one-to-one sessions because I actually prefer to hear the singer, you know, in in the acoustic space. That's just what, that's how I roll. But then I was getting vocally tired, so I had to switch. I had to adjust. It was very interesting. Um, I think it became a big thing when people were working on Zoom a lot, and particularly the singing teachers and the vocal coaches, working on Zoom a lot. And we used to say to people, get a really good microphone that's close to you Mm. and get headphones Mm. for exactly the reason that Gillian said, which is you end up trying to project your energy and your personality through a screen. And also the microphone is if people didn't have the sort of microphones we do, mm. would be on the camera. Mm. And the camera is half a metre away from you. And you end up, basically, you're sort of trying to do this to reach through the screen. Mm-hmm. And that is incredibly tiring. Mm. Mm. I'm now going to throw something at you. Go. Because last time we mentioned the app, and can we give a big shout out to our partners on the app? Speech Tools. Speech Tools. Do check them out. Gary and Sam. Hi, Gary and Sam. Could you do the greeting exercise for people who may be running meetings, business meetings, the good morning? Oh, yeah. With different intentions, because yeah. I think that's a really useful exercise. Um, right. Good morning. Welcome to this conference on carpet underlay. Good morning. Welcome to this conference on carpet underlay. Good morning. Welcome to this conference on carpet underlay. Same speed, same volume, just a completely different pitch intention. Do you know what? I think on the app it's linoleum. It is linoleum. I couldn't remember. Linoleum flooring. I could not remember. Vinyl, linoleum vinyl flooring. I, I think, couldn't remember. I think everybody will get the idea. <laughs> I just wanted to find the most, the least exciting thing I could think of. Mm. But then I get quite excited by vinyl flooring, so there you go. So do let us know how you... Um, 
find using your own voice and how maybe you're mapping what your clients are doing with their voices in terms of their pitch and their volume. And I think it would be really interesting in the future to talk more about tone of voice because we have something about tone of voice in the book. We do. Again, super interesting. Um, And I'm actually going to apologise to everybody listening because we've probably ruined your day. (laughs) Because you are now going to go out and listen to what everyone does. Mm. And it is going to drive you nuts for a couple of days. But it is such a fascinating topic. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank Um, you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stop it. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. 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 This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher.